0: Well, I'm sure we all have been part of a viral video taking off. You may have seen a funny or or moving video online, and all you do is you hit the like button, or maybe you share it with your friend, and they share it with their friend, and that goes on and on and on until the video is deemed to be viral. Maybe you saw a long time back a video shared on Facebook or or YouTube called Charlie Bit My Finger. I believe it got so popular it was on the Today Show. It's a cute video of two British toddlers, and in it, the older brother puts his finger in little Charlie's mouth, and guess what he does? He bites his finger. It got shared because of how the older brother yells in his British accent Charlie bit me! Charlie bit my finger! Is that a good impression? That's really good, actually. <laughs> and that video has almost a billion views. When we look at our Bible today, if you open it up to the New Testament, you'll find 27 books that consist of the life of Jesus. That's the Gospels. Then you'll find the Acts of the Apostles. You'll find the letters of Paul and the letters from Jude, James, Peter and John, that's the book of Revelation. Now contrary to popular belief, the process by which the New Testament became the New Testament was not decided by a certain council, but rather it was an organic process that resembled that of viral videos today. These books, the books that we have, they just were more popular, more comprehensive, and church bishops used them more than the other books that were written about the life of Jesus. There were other books written about Jesus. They just didn't go viral. A New Testament scholar, Dr. Bart Ehrman, writes in his book, Lost Christianities, the canon of the New Testament was ratified by widespread consensus, rather than by some official proclamation. And so we have today in front of us, this this book right here, our current Bibles, the the most viral stories of Jesus that started to coalesce around the 2nd to 4th century CE. But there are mentions by early church leaders that there were other books on the life of Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at today. We never had any copies of these Gospels until the 20th century. And now, now that we do have them, I think it's worth our time to look at them for ourselves to see if they might add something to our understanding of Jesus and help our personal spiritual journeys. Have you ever heard of Muhammad Ali? What is it? Uh, Fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Well, he has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, other than that he shares the same name as one of the people who found the Gospel of Thomas, among other scrolls, in December of 1945. This is kind of recent. Muhammad Ali and his brother Khalifa were Egyptians who lived in the desert and were in search of fertilizer near a village called Nag Hammadi. Near an old monastery called Pachomius, they found a jar that had within it one of the most important finds of the 20th century, the Nag Hammadi Library. The more more popular find, uh, the, the ones that we know most about today, are the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they were discovered in 1947 when a boy threw a rock into a cave and heard pottery smash. Today we're going to be starting with the first find looking at one of the books found in that 1945 discovery at Nag Hammadi. The contents of the Nag Hammadi library were filled with books that had Christian writings from, hear this, the first three centuries CE. The two brothers who couldn't read the ancient texts, they didn't know exactly what they had found, but they assumed that they were of some value, They gathered up their found and brought them back home. It's actually a side story is their mom was actually burning some of the pages to keep the house warm. (laughs) That happened. But thankfully, they got those books out of there. And uh, finally, some scholars found out that they had these books and they quickly acquired them. Over time, the Egyptian government collected all of them and they fell into the property of the state's Egyptian Department of Antiquities. It took 25 years or so for that to happen, but even then, the books had the obstacle uh, of being hard to translate because there weren't that many people who could translate ancient Coptic language, which is the text that, which, which is the text that these books were written in. We will look later at the Dead Sea Scrolls and look at the content of those finds as well, but for now, let's stick with the first, the Nag Hammadi Library. The Nag Hammadi, the Nag Hammadi Library, is, in it, has the most popular finds of them all, the Gospel of Thomas. The Gospel of Thomas contains 114 sayings said to be the words of Jesus himself. This gospel has become the most famous among all the finds discovered because they contain about 50% of the sayings that we have in the four gospels. Some scholars are still debating whether these writings were written before or after the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The reason scholars and myself have found these books to be so interesting is that they are just sayings. There's no narrative, there's no nativity, no baptism, no miracles, no healings, no transfigurations, no death, no resurrection. It is simply a book filled with wisdom sayings, like the Old Testament book Proverbs, that have practical application for everyday life. As I was talking about last week, people sometimes feel that the Bible is overly fantastic And it's often the narrative that distracts us from believing in what Jesus is really getting at. Thomas Jefferson actually wrote a Bible without the miracles in it. That's how much they bothered him. My hope today is that the Gospel of Thomas might be something you would look at for yourself. And that by opening it up together, I might pique your interest into these ancient writings that the world has still yet to come to know. What we do know about Jesus in his writings is that he was a teacher who spoke in riddles, parables, and metaphors. Often in the Gospels, his own disciples had a hard time understanding what he was getting at, and they went to great lengths to try to explain what they could in the Gospels. But here, in the Gospel of Thomas, we have the ignomatic ign- ign- Jesus teaching in the same way. The first saying in this gospel, which we may also consider a short poem, begins like this. So here's, we're opening up the book, the Gospel of Thomas, and here's what you would find on the first page. It says, these are the hidden sayings that the living Yeshua, that's Jesus in Hebrew, uh, which also translates to Josh. Josh is more of a close Name, closer name to what Jesus is. So these are the say, hidden sayings that the living Yeshua spoke to the twin Tomah. It, and it says Yehuda Tomah, the twin recorded. So what he's saying here is that Jesus is dictating to this person named Thomas, the twin, these sayings. And the first saying is this, And Jesus said, whoever discovers what these sayings mean will not taste death. This is where we left off last week. You might remember Jesus saying in many of his teachings, the one who has ears let them hear. Jesus didn't impose his teachings on you. He wanted you to think about them. And we do that in church each week when we listen to sermons. We look at the life and teachings of Jesus and ask, what do they actually mean for my life? This is why we come to Jesus. We come to him to know the truth about what our lives mean, not just to read books. The book invites us to not just read words on pages, but to discover the meaning of the words because it's in the meaning when they mean something to you, that they have the power to transform us. The next saying we also read, uh, that we read last week, it goes, Yeshua said, seek and do not stop seeking until you find. When you find, you will be troubled. When you are troubled, you will marvel and rule over all. And we saw here that Jesus was teaching the very same thing he taught his disciples in the four Gospels. Jesus taught that when one continually asks, when one continually seeks and knocks, looking for what is true, they will find it, they'll be shocked by it, and when they're shocked by it, they will marvel and rule over all. But what does this mean for us? What does it mean To stop, never stop seeking until you find. Reading through this gospel, we're going to discover that Jesus serves more as a therapist than he does as a miracle worker. We're going to discover that Jesus is not interested in founding a separate religion, and we're going to see that the main thrust of Jesus' teaching is for us to be made whole, for us to feel fully whole and complete. Are you impatient? Jesus wants you to look at why you are. He wants you to ask, seek, and knock to find out why you just need to have things the way you want them when you want them. Are you angry? Jesus doesn't want to just leave you angry. How are you going to get into the kingdom of heaven feeling so angry? Jesus wants you to look at what's causing you to be unhappy. You see, the Gospel of Thomas is going to reveal that Jesus is a doctor of the soul. And in order for him to bring healing, to restore you to wholeness, Jesus wants you to participate in exploring the inner parts of your being and understand why you feel the way you feel. For many of us, we have issues that stem from our childhood, issues that come from insecurities. We have unresolved traumas that we've experienced that often get placed on the back burner. But Jesus wants us to take a deeper look. As a Christian myself, I've had to explore these issues too. I've had to dig deep into my soul. I've had to be honest about my fears, my troubles, my faults, and my doubts. And in seeking the root causes of these feelings, I've been troubled. It's not fun to face these things. It's never fun to address the things that cause you to feel not so great. Maybe it's a past relationship. Maybe it's feelings of distrust that are rooted in your upbringing. Maybe it's this deep sense of self-doubt that holds you back from expressing your true self. Jesus comes into our world not just to take our problems away. In fact, he wants us to confront our problems so that we can resolve them. When we step out of our comfort zone and allow Jesus to lead us to and through these places that exist within us, we are like Peter, that disciple who stepped out of the boat, only to find the wind and waves of his past, his self-doubt in himself, pulling him back under the water. Jesus will encourage Peter to keep going, and Peter will continue to doubt himself throughout his life. Jesus never lost faith in him, though. Jesus knew that if he could learn to believe in himself, he too would become a water walker. That's the hope of the Christian, that we would see who we truly are and become people who are not just doomed to be stuck the way we are. In reading these ancient sayings found in the Gospel of Thomas, we will see Jesus inviting us to step out of ourselves in hopes that we might discover a new self, a new creation, one that is being made more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ himself.